Welcome to you, wherever you're at, whomever you're with. I'm so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments uh, to share this message. Uh, today, we come to the end of the series that we're in. Uh, we've called it Sing a Little Louder, and it's uh, learning how to find joy even in the difficult times. Our scriptural foundation uh, for this teaching has been out of one of the Apostle Paul's letters uh, to a group of his friends uh, uh, going through a dark and a difficult time, uh, trying to sort out what it meant to have faith in Jesus Christ and yet to go through a world where people got sick, people died, people still struggled through hardships. And uh, in that context, at the end of this wonderful letter uh, to his friends in Thessalonica, Paul writes these words, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And as we've said uh, from the outset of this series, you know those words can seem a little bit like fluff uh, when you're going through really complicated and difficult times. Uh, we've referenced this uh, proverb that says, you know, it's not necessarily a helpful thing uh, to sing songs to someone who's going through a, a sad time. Proverbs uh, 25 verse 20 says, like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, and as we're heading into winter here, we can appreciate that all the more. Or like vinegar poured on an open wound, neither of those things is helpful. Uh, so is somebody who sings songs to a heavy heart. And, uh, you know, uh, our contention is the invitation uh, to re rejoice always, to pray continually, and to give thanks in all circumstance is not uh, that kind of bad advice, singing songs to a heavy heart. In fact, uh, it's based in the truth of what God has done for us through the uh, the coming, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, when we put our faith in that good news, the Bible refers to us as being in Christ. And uh, here is just one of uh, the, uh, the the wonderful uh, implications of being in a position with Jesus Christ who has been raised from the dead. Uh, Paul writes in uh, his letter to the Colossians, for he, Jesus, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and he's brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's a, that's a wonderful change in reality. Uh, we're liberated from our sins. Uh, we're no longer in this oppressive a dominion of darkness. We're now in the kingdom of Jesus, regardless of what is happening in our lives. Uh, we've referenced uh, this statement by Dr. Henry Cloud, one of our uh, more renowned uh, therapists of our generation. And he contends reality is your friend. And that's exceptionally true when we think of the reality of what God has done uh, through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus himself said it like this, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free and it'll liberate you to experience a peace that passes understanding, a peace that Jesus said is not as the world gives. I give you a different sort of peace that, uh, that can carry you into all situations. And uh, the, probably the best example we've referenced in this study is when Paul and Silas found themselves in a dark, a stinky dungeon 
uh, having been falsely accused, uh, beaten to within an inch of their lives. Uh, we're told in Acts chapter 16, it was about midnight. And that's midnight, more than time of day. This was a dark time in the season of Paul and Silas's lives. Uh, but about midnight, they were praying continually. They were singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening in. Uh, they were no doubt uh, surprised, amazed, that these two men who had been soundly thrashed were lifting up, uh, rejoicing uh, praises to God. And suddenly, as all are listening in, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Uh, you know, we said last week that uh, when we find the ability uh, to, to be joyful, uh, to lift up praises to God for his goodness, even when we're going through it, we not only experience freedom, but those who are around us, uh, their foundations are shaken, their chains are loosened, the doors are open, and others benefit uh, from our overcoming joy. Uh, but you know, there's the reality side of all this, and that's often, uh, we don't think those kind of thoughts when we're going through difficult times. Last week, we referenced uh, what uh, Pastor Chris Hodges in his book on depression uh, called the ruminating rut, uh, that our thoughts uh, often go dark, they feed our despair. They uh, add to our sense of defeat in our circumstance. And, uh, you know, it's worth revisiting the outcome of that kind of negative thinking. Uh, Pastor Hodges calls it the fruit of habitual ruminating. And uh, really, three realities are introduced into our lives when we add to our difficult circumstances with dark thinking. Uh, number one, it allows our feelings to define our lives and dictate our actions. We're feeling down, we begin to act down. We're feeling ashamed, we act out of shame. We're feeling isolated, we pull back, and uh, we allow our feelings to dictate our lives and our actions. Heard a great story this week, and uh, someone said, uh, imagine you're going to a party with a good friend, and just before you walk into the door, uh, your friend says, oh, by the way, everyone at this party thinks you're an idiot. And in they went. And uh, the rest of that evening, this guy's trying to interpret what in the world did that mean? He begins to act out of his feelings. Every conversation he has, he wonders why this person thinks he's an idiot and how they've measured and sized him up. And uh, as they leave the party at the end of that night, his friend references that comment. He says, oh, I was just kidding. You bought it? You believe that? And, uh, you know, great illustration uh, that the way we think... Uh, influences the way we feel, and the way we feel uh, dictates our actions. Uh, the second aspect of the, fr the fruit of habitual ruminating is it makes us harder on ourselves than we should be. We tend to judge ourselves by a stricter standard. The more we ruminate, uh, the more arduous our, our uh, self-critiques become. And thirdly, it causes us to exaggerate the negative until it becomes a, a dark cave that we can sink into. You know, uh, this, uh, this week, I want to kind of direct your attention to a book that uh, helps us get beyond that negative rumination. The book is called Winning the War in Your Mind, uh, written by a guy named Craig Rochelle. And uh, in that book, he makes a statement that the life we have, 
that we experience, the relationships, the success or lack thereof, is a reflection of what we think, and our lives move toward our strongest thoughts. And yeah, you can begin to ponder that and realize that the more negative and dark our thoughts are, well, the more negative our experience of life becomes. You know, here's a couple of good quotes on that path of darkness that we really can set out for ourselves uh, by a guy named Rollo May. Depression is the inability to construct a good future in our thoughts. I hear that again. That, that statement has a, a lot of bearing on our experience in life. Depression is the inability to construct a good future in our thoughts. And how contrary that is to the word of God, which says, uh, I have a future and a hope for you that is good and not intended to do you harm. Uh, here's another quote by a guy named uh, Brian Tracy. 95% of your emotions are determined by the way you talk to yourself. So when we're feeling joyful, you're probably saying some optimistic things to yourself. And on the other side of the coin, when we're feeling blue, when we're feeling down, when we're feeling hopeless, you're probably saying some hopeless things to yourselves. And so it's not surprising uh, that the Apostle Paul, having learned this lesson, uh, having learned how to sit in a dark, dank prison, having been beaten and abused, could lift up praises and hymns to God. He knew that much of it began with how we think and how we talk to ourselves. Uh, here's what Paul wrote uh, to his friends in Philippi where he suffered in that prison cell. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever things are true, uh, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there is anything excellent or worthy of praise, think about these things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, as they witnessed Paul, his testimony and story of what happened in that prison cell, whatever you've learned from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Do this. You can do this. And the God of peace will be with you. Well, you know, uh, I want to just say something that's uh, pretty obvious, I think, to most of us. Sometimes it's not easy to get control of our thoughts. How many of you would agree with that? Sometimes, maybe all the time, it's not easy to take control of our thoughts. Uh, you know, we, uh, we used to have a, a dog, a greyhound that we adopted, and uh, this dog had known nothing in its life but racing and uh, unfortunately, a sad, uh, a sad uh, business plan is uh, after these dogs would uh, finish their racing career, they would be exterminated by the hundreds. And uh, we came across the opportunity to adopt uh, one of these uh, racing greyhounds. And uh, when we got that dog home, uh, kids kind of joined in. We named it Lassie. And... Uh, you know, one of the things we had to be careful of is uh, you'd open the door to maybe greet someone who had just rung the doorbell. Well, Lassie's interpretation of that open door was an open gate, like at the racetrack. It's time to run. And uh, if you weren't on your toes, that dog would bolt past you, and the neighbors would call us three blocks away and say, hey, I think your dog's out. And uh, that dog could run faster than you could see 
And, uh, you know, we, we came upon a plan. We, we gave the backyard to Lassie. It wasn't a big backyard. In fact, it was quite smallish. And uh, we'd kind of let her have a run of the mill back there. And she actually formed a racetrack by running circles around the backyard. And uh, the backyard became devastated. You know, you had these ruts. We'd be standing at the kitchen window, and you'd see this white blur go by. It was Lassie out there doing her thing. And, uh, and uh, you'd go through those seasons where it hadn't quite cleaned up after the dog enough in the backyard. It became a rancid place to be, really. And the kids had a nickname for it. They called it Jurassic Park. <laughs> and it, was, uh, it looked like the dinosaurs lived out there. But, you know, uh, that chaos in that backyard... It kind of pictures our thoughts when they go wild in our heads. Our, our thought life can become chaotic and out of control. And it's not easy to bring it back into a, the kind of thinking that Paul says will lift you up and allow you to experience the presence of God. And uh, as we come to the end of this series, I want you to hear me say something. Uh, when it comes to battling our thoughts, you're not in it alone that is where God wants to help you with all of his power and ability to take control of those thoughts that often pull you down and keep you from the experience of him that he has for you. In fact, Paul would write this, one of his other letters. He says, though we live in this world, we do not wage war. Think about the war going on in your head. We don't wage war as the world does. In fact, we're well equipped to fight this battle. Paul says the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. We don't try to put on positive mantras and, you know, talk ourselves into feeling better about our difficulties. Paul says we don't fight like that. On the contrary, the weapons we use have divine power for pulling down strongholds, for demolishing these ways of thinking that lead us in to a dark cave. He goes on, he says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up in our brains against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, that's a, that's a wonderful a revelation of how Jesus wants to help in and, and or step in and help us uh, take control of our thoughts that often lead us to hopelessness and despair or maybe just even commonplace lives when God has so much more for us. Uh, you know, there was a guy named John Burke who uh, he got really curious uh, several years ago about uh, these stories he heard of near-death experiences and uh, what happened to people when their spirit left their body and then they uh, came back and so he began to approach exploring these near-death experiences as a scientist, uh, looking for uh, ways to disprove that there was anything beyond something biological happening as these uh, people uh, neared death. And uh, after uh, researching hundreds and hundreds of people who had had a near-death experience, uh, he wrote a book. The book he wrote was called Imagine Heaven. And uh, he took the common threads in all of these, and not the least of which was uh, people re reporting facts, uh, things they had seen when they were out of their body that could, they could never otherwise have known unless this experience were real. 
And so he wrote this book called Imagine Heaven uh, based on these uh, hundreds of interviews. Well, he recently wrote a sequel. And that sequel is called Imagine the God of Heaven. And uh, you know what he, he goes on to write in the sequel is that uh, these near-death experiences people had, uh, some of the common reports begin to reveal the nature of God, perhaps in a way that we need to see and experience. And uh, he particularly spoke uh, of two uh, airline pilots that didn't know each other, didn't fly for the same airline, thank God. Uh, but each of them uh, had their own near-death experience, and uh, what they reported was very common between the two of them. They reported that when they were drawn towards this heavenly light, it was as if uh, they were standing right at the epicenter of a nuclear detonation, and uh, but it wasn't a, a detonation of destruction. It was a it was an explosion of the love and the power and the justice and the mercy of God. They were overwhelmed by what they experienced. Yeah, you know I think that's important for us as we talk about the the divine weapons that can help us fight the battle in our minds and turn our thoughts in positive directions. It's that God who is with us, uh, helping us to overcome our own negative thought world. Uh, you know, uh, Paul would uh, kind of uh, summarize his experience uh, of imprisonment, of going through dark seasons in his life, with these words to his friends in Philippi. He says, look, I will continue to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, one of those divine weapons, uh, what has happened to me, my darkness, my difficulty, the, the, the challenging things I've had to cope with will turn out for my deliverance. In other words, they're going to end up being good for me because I eagerly expect and I hope that I will in no way be ashamed by what I go through, but I will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be lifted up in my body, whether by life or by death. You know, as we go to prayer, I want to ask you a question. Uh, how in the world do you think Christ could be lifted up in your body? How could Christ be lifted up in your difficult circumstances? Maybe another way to ask that question is how can I authentically sing a little louder in the middle of my storms? How can I be the kind of person that rises above the difficulty with this optimistic spirit of faith. Well, I want to close with a few excellent thoughts from Paul's letter as he writes and encourages us to rejoice always, to pray continually, and to give thanks in all circumstance. Here are a few excellent and praiseworthy thoughts from Paul's letter to his friends in Thessalonica. Number one, I am in Christ. Think about that. When you're going through a dark time, I am in Christ, regardless of what I'm processing. I've been transferred out of the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. I have a future, and I have a hope. Uh, in Christ, I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Think about that when you're going through a difficult time. Here's the second one. Uh, not only am I in Christ, uh, Christ is always with me. There's never a dark season. There's never a dark valley. There's never a set of circumstance. There's never a prison cell. 
I can be thrown into where Christ isn't there with me. That nuclear explosion, that detonation of love and mercy and hope are with me in every situation. And then thirdly, not only am I in Christ, and Christ is always with me, but I can think about this. Christ is always working everything for my good uh, as we go to prayer. Here are these final words from Paul's letter. He says, now may God himself, the God of peace who brings his well-being into our lives, may he sanctify you through and through. In other words, uh, may he uh, weed out all the decay, uh, all the negativity, all the things that uh, we create in our own heads that keep us back. And may he sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then this wonderful truth, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, thank you uh, for this uh, wonderful reminder that we can have joy, we can be grateful, we can have peace, we can commune with God regardless of the situations we're processing through regardless of the difficulties, regardless of the difficult conversations that we have with people. Uh, Lord, like that word, uh, like the words of that song declares, uh, we can raise a hallelujah in the presence of our enemies. Uh, we can uh, sing because our weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah because this heaven comes to fight for me. And uh, then hear these lyrics. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder you're going to hear my praises roar up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive i hope that you will give some thought to those words and uh, to the reality that if you are in christ uh, his joy and his peace can be in you and i want to thank you for uh, joining us for this series and i pray that god will keep you in the center of his will the palm of his hand, and we'll see you right here next week.